Milwaukee has now won 18 straight. The Lakers have won seven straight. They appear to be separating themselves now uh, both top the Western and Eastern Conferences. Joining us right now with a look at both of those teams and some big storylines around the NBA is our next guest, one of our top NBA insiders and our good friend Jamison Wells. Jamison, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Not a problem. Thanks for having me as always. Definitely appreciate it. All right, so who's got the edge? One team's got an 18-game winning streak, has the reigning uh, NBA MVP. The other is the Lakers with obviously one of the top players in the NBA in recent years, Anthony Davis, and perhaps one of the greatest players of all time in LeBron James. Who's the better team right now? Are we talking about just in general or just in a series? What, what, what would we, what would we right, talking well, let's break about? It, let's, let's, let's break it down a couple of ways. Who's the best team overall in general right now going into Thursday? I think the best team overall is probably Milwaukee just because they've been together longer. You know, they have more history together. Everyone knows each other. The chemistry is there. And also, they don't have anybody injured. Like, Lakers still have Kyle Kuzma hurt, and he probably won't play this week. So, um, you know, they're still, you know, they're able to uh, walk as a full deck right now. However, in a series, I would take the Lakers. In a seven-game series, I would take the Lakers because they have two guys that Milwaukee doesn't have an answer for. Like, you know, they have Anthony Davis, who can actually guard Giannis, and they have LeBron James with LeBron James. So, uh, you know, they have two guys that can, you know, that can present problems. And also their coach, Mike Brennholz, is a really good coach up until, like, mid-May. You know, something happens in mid-May, and then things just don't work out well. I don't know what it is. Like he gets he gets figured out in mid-May, and then the season's over. So I don't know exactly what his situation is or what's going on. But he's a very good coach. Very good coach up until he gets figured out. Once he gets figured out, it's a wrap. So we'll see what happens. I think the Bucks are a very good regular season team. Uh, but until they prove otherwise, I think they're just that. A good regular season team, and that's that. Okay, you mentioned the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's take it over now to Frank Vogel, the coach of the L.A. Lakers, who was kind of critical of the Lakers' uh, abilities uh, defensively last night after a victory last night over the Atlanta Hawks. They got a road. They got a game coming up again on the road tonight, I believe it is, or tomorrow, taking on the Indiana Pacers. Frank Vogel talked a little bit about stagnation. So in a matchup of these two coaches – Who's got the edge as far as the, as far as the better coach is concerned? Is it Lakers or, or Bucks? I think it's a push. I think it's a push, and here's why I say that. Budenholzer is a very good coach. I think he's one coach of the year. He's had a lot, a lot of success. Uh, but Frank Vogel's had really good success as well in his, his career as well, outside of being Orlando. And Orlando's a very tricky place, so we, we know how it goes down there. Uh, and he made Roy Hibbert a two-time All-Star. So whenever you can do that, I think you're an outstanding coach because Roy Hibbert's just a regular guy to me. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, he's done some very good things. Uh, but the one thing I like about Frank Vogel is he coaches to his strength. You know, that's the one thing. Uh, I mean, you have certain rosters sometimes. Coaches try to make guys something they're not, and that gets a lot of people in trouble and it makes people not the best players possible. But in this situation, it looks like, uh, just like he did in Indiana. Like, he, in Indiana, he had Roy Hibbert being a certain defensive type of player and he had everything funneled towards him and it worked very well uh you know he gave you know at that time Miami Heat probably the the two you know biggest series out east so it worked out so I think Frank Vogel for what he's done with this roster because Lakers roster is very flawed as good as they've been playing their roster is not the best roster there is but they've been playing very well and defensively they have two of the best you know 
two of the best shot blockers to ever play. I mean, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, two of the best defensive bigs to ever play. And he's funneling everything through that. And then he has guys harassing on the perimeter. So it's a very good situation. Um, but at the same time, I think both coaches are really good coaches. I don't know if they're Hall of Fame coaches, but they're very good coaches. Jamison Wells joining us here on the show. Jamison, the NBA trade deadline is still a little more than a month away, but it has not stopped a number of storylines from coming out from some teams that may be either buyers or sellers on the trade market. Right now, what we're hearing is that Kevin Love desperately wants out of Cleveland. That's what we're hearing. I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, but what we're getting right now is that according to several, according to several sources, including ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, it may not require all that much to get someone to get to get Kevin Love out of Cleveland right now. What are you hearing about the Kevin Love sweepstakes? So here's the thing, like it's it's kind of odd because you know he's still a really good player. But he has a massive contract and I don't think Cleveland wants to be paying that contract going forward. Um you know they so they're gonna if there's a market for him, they're gonna take a look at it and they're gonna utilize it. So a team like Portland who's been needing us uh, scoring power forward, I can see them taking a, a hard look at him and seeing what they can do, they have some contracts they can use to get rid of him. The only or to get him, the only issue is this: you got to consider is that um, yes, this is a, even the first year of a four-year deal at thirty million each at thirty-one years old. That's a lot of money for a guy that gets hurt a lot and has probably seen his best days as a player. And you also have a team that has two guards that make over you know forty million dollars almost. So it's, you know, it's really dicey when it comes to the Blazers. If they do that, they pretty much come all in with that trio. And I don't know if that's good enough to do anything out west. So we'll see what happens. But it's very fascinating. Like it's very, very fascinating. But if I had to bet money on it, I would say he does wind up in Portland. They either trade him for Whiteside, or you know, they have another um, expiring that can they can make some things work with. Oh, baseball, yeah, baseball's contract. Uh, they have white sides. They can do a lot of different things with that. They have some role players that can move. So if they really wanted to get him, they can go get him. Uh, but it's not going to take a whole lot because Cleveland wants to shed salary. They're starting over. They've been getting blown out a lot. Even though they won a game last week, but they've been getting blown out otherwise. So they kind of want to shed salary and start over. And I'll be surprised if Tristan Thompson gets moved as well. What are we hearing about Chris Paul? We're hearing a lot of rumors now that uh, after Chris Paul was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder earlier this summer, everyone expected his time there to be brief. Paul's career kind of winding down a little bit right now. What are you hearing about Oklahoma City possibly parting ways with CP3? So it really depends on what they do with Gallinari. Because Gallinari is a guy that, you know, he's on a expiring. He's a really good uh um, you know, he's a really good player as well. So if, if they keep him, um, then they probably keep Chris Paul. But if they decide to blow it up, then they probably move both guys if they can't. Chris Paul's contract is rough, too, because he has two more years after this, now like 40 million, 40 plus. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of hard to move for a guy like Chris Paul. So we'll see what happens. Um, it would not surprise me if, he stays because that's a big contract to trade for, and he's not necessarily the best fit wherever he goes. So we'll definitely see what happens. I personally think that uh, they've been better than expected at OKC, and they're somewhat kind of in the playoff hunt. So it's like, why? If you're in a playoff hunt and you have a young team that can use the experience, you really don't want to go away from that. So um, you really kind of want to stay where you're at and try to you know make a push. I think you might want to even try to get better. So. Sam Plessy's a pretty good GM. Um, unless he has direct, unless he has 
direction to, you know, cash it in. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that what's going to happen is we're going to see OKC try to keep this squad together. I really do. It doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense for them to dump it all in with the record and the situation they have right now. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to try and get their 19th consecutive victory tonight when they're at home taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas might have gotten away with one over the weekend. Luka Doncic uh, left uh, a game on Saturday uh, after spraining his right ankle, stepping on the foot of Miami Heat guard Kendrick Nunn uh, in the first quarter of a game on Saturday. X-rays have come back negative. It doesn't look like he'll miss a significant amount of time, but he could miss up to two weeks. How big a loss is that for the Mavericks, who have a great record right now, 17 and 8, especially on the road, 9 and 2 on the road. But how big a loss is that for tonight's game against Milwaukee? If he misses two weeks, they're in trouble because they play all the play like the best teams out east. They play Miami, who I think is like fourth or fifth out east, and, and the other four teams they play are the top teams out east. And after that, they're going to play the Lakers. So their schedule is very difficult coming up. If they don't have Luka, they're in trouble. Uh, and that's the thing they have to really catch up on because he does so much. And for them to miss him, to not have him, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't because I don't see – I saw what happened late in games when they needed a playmaker, and it was Jalen Brunson running pick and roll, and that's not what you really want. And Jalen Brunson's a pretty good role player, nice, solid backup point guard, but if he's your playmaker, you're in, you're in trouble. And especially with the schedule they have coming up, it puts guys in roles that they're really not comfortable in, and I don't think that's going to work out. So it would not surprise me if they lost like four out of – four out of five or six out of seven games if he's out that long because for what he does for that team and for how Przingis has been since he's been back, you know, it's a lot on his plate. And if he's not there, they don't really have anyone to take his place in terms of playmaking and scoring, there can be problems. Talking to Jamison Welsh, you can follow him on Twitter at the Jamison, T-H-E-E, Jamison, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Uh, we saw gr- another uh, tremendous uh, performance from John Morant the other night, uh, just owning guys right now. As this season continues to play out and as we get deeper and deeper, uh, Jamison, into this season right now, uh, it's becoming a little bit more difficult, I would think, for Zion Williamson, regardless of whether he comes back and how dominant he might be. Upon his return, New Orleans just lost their 12th straight game. You look at this. Uh, you look at this thing right now with John Morant, and it looks to me as if the the Rookie of the Year title is just turning into a runaway right now. Yeah, it's John Morant's lose. I mean, he's not losing it. He's been phenomenal, even though they have a team that is kind of, you know kind of bad and they're still figuring it out. But um, you know, he's going to win the award. You know, that's that's going to happen. I don't I don't see anything otherwise. It's uh, it's his, his award to lose, and he's been phenomenal. He's been great. Highlights, averaging, you know, the averages are good. Um, and they're fun to watch. I mean, they're they're usually in games. Like, that's the one thing I will say is that they're at least entertaining to enough for the most part. They're not getting blasted every night. They're in games, so it's pretty cool um, to watch every now and then. So it's one of those situations where, hey, um, you know, John Morant going forward is going to be a very good player in this league. Uh, he's figuring it out. He, he knows his his strengths and his weaknesses, but also here, here's the fun thing too. Memphis is going to get another high draft pick, and what does take place when you get another high draft pick, if they get the right pick at you know the top five or whatever maybe they can end up being a pretty good team sooner or later because he's really good. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson the third is really good. Uh, Brandon Clark's pretty good. Dylan Brooks is pretty good. So they have some young talent there, but they're still far away because they're so young and they're still in that 
weird phase of figuring out what they want to do in terms of whether they want to contend or keep on building. But they have they have some time to figure that out. Uh, but they have a bright future ahead of them, especially with the pick they have upcoming. Talking to Jamison Welsh, we appreciate his time. Last story before we let you go. A fun moment took place over the weekend. LeBron James was courtside as his oldest son, LeBron James Jr., who goes by Bronny, stole an inbounds pass in the final minute, scored a layup that turned out to be the game winner as Sierra Canyon uh, 59-56 winners over. Ironically enough, LeBron James, his father's alma mater, St. Vincy, St. Mary, inside a packed nationwide arena in Columbus, Ohio. How big a moment is this for for this father-son thing. And I know that, you know, we as much, as much as you and I and basketball fans in particular have marveled at LeBron James's career, uh, you've had a chance to watch uh, LeBron James Jr. play. Does he have the skills to take it to this, to the beyond, beyond where he's at right now? Uh, he's, he's a really good player, especially for his age. Uh, my concern is his dad is 6'8". So if he gets to six eight, you know he's going to be you know pretty solid. If he gets to six two, six three six four, might be a different story. But he's really talented. He's really good um, for his age. So it's not a that's not really a big issue. Um, you know, of course, you know when you compare him to an NBA player, it's something totally different because there's so many things that go into that. Um, you know, and height and size make so so much important at the next level. You know, because athleticism is one thing. Everyone's athletic at the next level. Everyone's able to you know, dunk and run and all that stuff. But when you're, you know, six four, six five, it's a hell of a difference between six four, six five and six eight. It's a big, big difference. And uh we'll see. It's gonna be interesting to see. If he gets if he gets to his dad's height, then it'll be fascinating. I don't think he will, but you never know. Genes are funny, like NBA player genes are very hilarious sometimes. Sometimes he may it's funny he may even be taller than his dad. Like that's how Things work out. We don't know, uh, but he does have a lot of skills. He's a, he is legit. He's not just a legacy player. He's not just using his dad's name like you know Michael Jordan's first son. Uh, but it's one of those situations where we kind of have to wait and see. And there's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of attention on him. I'm not really a big fan of that, but that's just where it's going to go for the next three and a half years. Because what I'm desperately hoping for, as I think most people are, is. You know, Bronny James versus any of the ball kids. And then to have LeBron and Le- and LeVar Ball, like, in the same arena at the same time. What NBA fan of the future isn't looking forward to that, right? Well, there's no ball kid in high school anymore. So no, I know, but down the road. Able... I mean, but down the road. Yeah, I mean, that. that well, uh don't know if that's going to happen. Because, I mean, first we, got, we have to see if Bronny James actually makes it to the NBA is, you know, his story is not, you know, finished yet. He has to actually put the work in and make it. So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, the balls are going to have two NBA players as early as next year. So that they're going to have a leg up on that for a few years. Uh, but that will be interesting. That, that will, that will be interesting, but, uh, we have to wait and see. That's at least four years away at, at minimum. So I'm willing to we wait. Shall see. I'm willing to wait. Jamison Welsh joining us here on the show. Jamison, we appreciate your time very much this morning. As always, we'll be off here for the next couple of weeks, obviously, with the holidays uh, rapidly approaching. Jamison, enjoy uh, the games coming up, obviously, on Christmas Day. Your first thought, obviously, that matchup on Thursday before okay. we get to the Christmas holiday, Milwaukee versus L.A. That game will be in Milwaukee. Between the Lakers and the and the Bucks right now, identical records. Who would you pick in that game? Um, ooh, that's gonna be interesting. 
I would take the I would take the Bucks. Okay, so right. I take the Bucks. They're at home. They're at home. Uh, you know, Lakers been on the road for a while. I think that's the end of the road trip as well. Um, Lakers are very good and capable of winning, but I think the Bucks at home, the way they've been playing, um, you know, they're going to be favored. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But I think it's a close game. I think the Bucks um, will probably win that game. However, I mean, the way the Lakers have been playing, um, the, the the two guys they have keep them in every game. LeBron and Anthony Davis keep them in every day, game, so nothing would surprise me at all. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being least likely, 10 being most likely, the odds of that game being a preview of the NBA Finals on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, 7. Wow. All right. So this will be another- Because here's the thing. I thought, I thought before the season, Philly was the favorite out east, but they have some roster issues that I don't know if they will. In a series, they would give my, uh, Milwaukee problems, uh, but they have some roster issues I didn't take a look at beforehand. So I don't quite believe in them the same way I did a couple months ago. Uh, I think Milwaukee's probably the favorite to come out east, but again, Mike Bledenholzer has issues in the playoffs, right. especially the deeper you go. So, you know, I would say well, I would say a six. I would say a six. All right. Good stuff. Should be a fun matchup on Thursday. Jameson, my best to you, your family, and loved ones during the holidays. We will talk in a couple of weeks here. We appreciate you being with us. Not a problem. Thanks for having me as always. Definitely appreciate it, sir. Thank you. That's Jameson Welsh joining us here on the show. Quick timeout right now. 